Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. Jesus is calling Peter, Andrew, James and John, ordinary fishermen, well known in their hometown, out making a living in the Sea of Galilee. Nothing spectacular, not highly educated, simple fishermen. But this is how Jesus is going to spread the gospel. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. What type of person does God use for the work of His kingdom? Wealthy and successful businessmen? Or perhaps popular celebrities? Well, today on The Verdict, we're looking at the people Jesus chose as His first disciples and realizing that they look a lot more like you and me. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe with today's message titled, Follow the Master. One of my important goals in preaching is to exalt my Lord Jesus Christ. Even as we study the life and teaching of our Lord Jesus, we can make it all about us rather than about Him. But we've learned as we build up to the teaching of Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount that the Gospel is truly about Jesus Christ and His mission to save His people from their sins. We learned that John the Baptist prepared the way for the Messiah as he cried, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We learned that Jesus is the sinless Son of God. He defeats the devil, and now he's about to begin his public ministry, and he calls people to follow him. Are you ready to follow the Master? Let me ask you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4, and we're going to read from verses 12 through 25. So at home, if you've got your Bible, let me encourage you to open it as we read the Holy Scriptures. We're continuing in our study in Matthew, and today come to the, this last section in Matthew 4, verse 12. Now, when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria. And they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. 
and great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Amen. Wonderful portion of Scripture. Our mission is being and making authentic followers of Jesus Christ. But what is an authentic follower of Jesus? What does it mean to follow Jesus? What are the implications of following Jesus? And how would I know whether or not I am an authentic follower of Jesus? Well, our passage this morning answers these very important questions. Previously in our series in Matthew, we've learned about the birth of Jesus, his baptism and his temptation. Now his ministry in Galilee to the north of Israel begins after John's arrest. Uh, We're told that Jesus leaves his hometown of Nazareth, there you uh, see it, uh, to the north in the region of Galilee. And uh, although he's brought up in Nazareth, he lives as a kind of center of his ministry in Capernaum, which according to Matthew chapter nine, verse one, becomes his own city. Capernaum, this little town right on the Sea of Galilee in the northwest of the Sea of Galilee is in the region, we're told, of Zebulun and Naphtali and is near a major highway. So although it's a relatively small town, it's a very important town. And this, says Matthew in verse 14, was in fulfillment of the prophecy of what we know as Isaiah 9 verses 1 and 2, the people living in darkness had seen a great light. Those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. How wonderful in this area of spiritual darkness to people who are living in the very shadow of death, the glorious light of the gospel comes. Jesus comes as the light of the world to dispel the darkness. And it's described here in verse 16 as a great light. Have you seen that light? See, all of us are in spiritual darkness and Jesus is calling on us to repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But because we're in spiritual darkness, we are unfit for the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, we must repent. And this passage tells us that Jesus is calling all kinds of people from all kinds of places. We saw in verse 25 uh, that there are people from Galilee, from the Decapolis, from Jerusalem, Judea, and even from beyond the Jordan. No one is excluded. Even, uh, we read, in Galilee of the Gentiles. Yes, this message, the message of the gospel, is not just to a little group of people. It is throughout this region, and in fact, as Matthew is going to explain, it is a message which embraces the whole world. No one is excluded. It is true, all of us are unfit for the kingdom of heaven, but here is the good news that Jesus is presenting, that all are welcome into the kingdom of heaven if we repent of our sins, if we through faith embrace Christ as our Savior, because Matthew is presenting Jesus as the Messiah, as the Christ, as the Son of God, as the King. And so he calls these four men, as we read, to be authentic followers of him. But what does that mean? First of all, disciples, very basically and very obviously, disciples follow King Jesus. 
Here by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus calls four men to follow him. He preaches repentance. He announces that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We see that in verse 17. Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We read in 23, as he went throughout, the, uh, throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, he is proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. This is a magnificent announcement that the, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, after saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, don't you agree, on the face of it, it seems rather anticlimactic that he calls four ordinary people. One would have thought something dramatic was going to happen, some great demonstration of the glory of God. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yes, it is. And he calls four ordinary fishermen. But this is how God works, calling ordinary people to follow King Jesus. Did you get that? That Jesus is calling Peter, Andrew, James, and John, ordinary fishermen, well-known in their hometown, out making a living in the Sea of Galilee, nothing spectacular, not highly educated, simple fishermen. But this is how Jesus is going to spread the gospel. I want to contrast that with what has been called the new apostolic reformation movement, which seeks to restore apostles and prophets to the church. Christianity Today in January of this year had an article about them and it says, I quote, many Christians in this movement believe God is appointing people into these high positions in government. He will use them to supernaturally make America or the world into the kingdom of God. Is that what Jesus is teaching? Is that the gospel? That Jesus is taking people who are in high positions in government in order to make America and the world into the kingdom of God? Not at all. That's not what this text says. No, we don't make this world into the kingdom of God. Jesus says in John 18, my kingdom is not of this world. Here is the response of King Jesus and the coming of the kingdom of heaven. Repent before God and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is from following your personal agenda, your ambition, whatever it is you are following in life, there is a turning from that and now you are following King Jesus because Jesus is the King. He announces the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He, the King, has come. He leads and we follow. I know this. How wonderful this is. It is Jesus who does the calling. A disciple hears the call of Jesus and obeys. Because this call is not just to the cause of Christ or the teaching of Christ or the example of Christ. It's more than that. The call is to the person of Christ. I am to follow Jesus. Cults blindly follow their charismatic leaders uh, groupies follow celebrities. But here is the challenge that comes to you and me today. Notice what it is in verse 9. He said to them, follow me. That's it. That's it. Authentic discipleship. Uh, the essence of the Christian faith. Here it is. 
It is following Jesus in a continuing and a personal relationship. I'm not just agreeing with doctrine. I'm not joining a church. I'm not just saying I'm going to do this for Jesus. No, it is fundamentally, first and foremost, that I am saying, as I hear the call of Jesus, I will follow Jesus. I'm following the person of Jesus in this wonderful, personal, growing, vibrant relationship. Do you hear his call today? Follow me. This call is personal. Jesus says in John 10, in the wonderful chapter of the Good Shepherd, that the Good Shepherd calls his sheep by name. John, follow me. Susie, follow me. Peter, follow me. Andrew, follow me. This is the call of Jesus. A supernatural call where we hear the voice of God, follow me. Are you following Jesus? Have you repented? Have you come to the cross of Christ and understood that the Savior of the world has come to die on the cross for your sins and that through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, there is eternal life offered to you? And as I follow Jesus then, there is a radical change of direction in my life. Are you really following Jesus? Are you still following your own desires, your own pleasures, your own agenda, your own plans, your own comfort? The Christian life begins with this fundamental change. I turn from my sins and I turn to Christ. Instead of following the ambition and the desires of John Monroe, I am now following Jesus Christ. You say, where is he going to lead? I, I, I don't know. That's the trust. The trust. We're singing about it. Whatever the cost, wherever he leads, my responsibility is to follow him. He is the Christ, he's the king, he's the commander in chief, he's the Lord of glory. I am to follow him. And it begins with this turning from my sin and a following of Christ and then there is this personal transformation in our hearts and lives that disciples are committed followers of Jesus. Did you notice in verse 20, Peter and Andrew? They immediately left their nets and followed him. I, I don't know if I'd have done that. I, I think I might have said, Let, let's talk about this, Jesus. No. Immediately they left their nets. James and John did the same thing. The text says, immediately, verse 22, they left the boat and their father and followed Jesus. Leaving aside their personal ambitions and their agenda and following Jesus. What's the point? When Jesus calls you, you follow immediately. This is the, Paul describes it as the obedience of faith. Following Jesus is the very opposite of a life of self-determination and self-absorption. It is following Jesus irrespective of the cost. During the end of a job interview, the CEO asked a newly qualified young engineer, what starting salary are you looking for? The engineer said, well, in the neighborhood of 200,000 a year, depending on the benefits package. The CEO said, well, what would you say to a package of five weeks vacation, 14 paid holidays, full medical and dental, company matching retirement fund to say 50% of your salary, 
and a company car leased every two years, say a red Corvette? The young engineer sat up straight and said, whoa, are you kidding? Yes, said the CEO, but you started it. (laughs) Is that what we think from going to follow Jesus? That we're going to follow Jesus to increase your bank balance? That you're going to follow Jesus to have a more comfortable life? I heard of a contemporary church challenging its congregation to tithe. Of course we should give. We've done that this morning. But in their card they say this, when we bring our first and best back to God, they're talking about finances, he promises to bless the rest of our finances for our lives. And they go on to say, if you do that, if you tithe, and if after uh, 30 days you feel God hasn't blessed you, you can ask the church for a refund. Unbelievable, isn't it what goes on churches today? Is that what Jesus is saying? Like some kind of uh, used car salesman, well, try the car. If it doesn't work, come back and you get your money back. Is that the kind of commitment that Jesus is asking? Uh, uh, Try it out, try Jesus. No, you don't try Jesus. These disciples didn't say, I'm going to follow you provided you can guarantee that I'm healthy and wealthy. Uh, we'll, We'll follow you, Jesus, provided you can guarantee that we'll be the wealthiest fishermen in the Sea of Galilee. No, they leave everything. Jesus is going to say in the Gospels, if you seek to find your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. Here's an important point. You follow Jesus on his terms, not yours. Now, if you're like me, you think you can do a deal with Jesus. (laughs) I'll follow you if you guarantee this, a kind of negotiation. You you don't do that. You don't negotiate with Jesus. You follow him unreservedly on his terms, not yours. That's what it means to be an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. The priority of disciples is to follow Jesus unreservedly and obediently. We sang, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. That means when it's tough and when it's difficult and when I'm in the dark valley and when I'm wondering if I can continue, I'm still going to follow Jesus. Why? Because of who he is. And anything or anyone claiming a higher affection or allegiance or authority in our life is to be rejected. And I think it's wonderful that so often Jesus calls us where we are. What were the disciples doing? They were fishing. Here's Matthew collecting taxes. That God so often calls us in our daily lives as we are serving him. This is living by faith. I ask you again, have you heard this call? Note the key aspects in following Jesus. A vital, personal relationship with Jesus. To know Jesus. And a commitment to Jesus. We're faced with this coronavirus. So easy to panic, isn't it? So easy to say, well, things may never be the same again. Perhaps they're not, I don't know. But whatever the crisis, whether it's a national crisis, personal crisis, family crisis, church crisis, we are always to follow Jesus. This is living for Jesus. And as we do that, we're assured that we will know his peace. First then, 
disciples follow King Jesus. Secondly, disciples learn from King Jesus. The disciples spent time with Jesus, in their case, for over three years. See, the challenge of discipleship is not just to follow Jesus, but it is to learn from Jesus. At the moment of our conversion, we begin to follow Jesus, but discipleship is also a learning process. Now, if you know anything about the Gospels, you know that these disciples, in fact, all of them, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, and the rest of them, they were sometimes very slow learners, sometimes afraid, sometimes characterized by unbelief. Sometimes they didn't seem to be listening very closely to the teaching of Jesus. Sometimes they were arguing among themselves which one which of them was the greatest. Sometimes they had hard hearts. In other words, they were very much like you and me. But whatever you say about them, they continued to follow Jesus. They hear his teaching and preaching. And they understand that never man spoke like this man. He spoke not as the scribes and Pharisees, but with authority. In verses 23 through 25, we, we read about his mighty miracles and his actions, how he, he healed all the sick and cast out the, demon, the demons, was able to deal with people having seizures and people who were paralyzed. He healed them all. They saw that. They were in the boat when he calmed the storm and said, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? They didn't learn all at once. But they understood that no one ever spoke like him. And they understood that no one had the authority over disease and of death like Jesus. Yes, he is almighty God. And yes, he is sovereign over all diseases, including the coronavirus. Therefore, trust him. You see, authentic disciples, and I have to challenge you as I challenge myself on this, Authentic disciples have a deep desire to learn. See, to stop learning is to stagnate. And as followers of Jesus, how important it is that we never ever stop growing. Disciples who are learning are growing. I trust, although I've followed Jesus for many, many years, I'm still a learner. Be a learner. This is The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and the first part of a lesson titled, Follow the Master. There's more ahead, but let me remind you that you can always find these messages and listen online at theverdict.org. On our website, you can also get a copy of the free resource we're offering to go along with our current series. It's a booklet called Life in the Kingdom, written by John and specially designed to help you understand the teaching of Jesus on what it really means to follow Him. Through this encouraging guide, you'll gain an eternal perspective for day-to-day living as you go deeper into the very practical teaching of Jesus. And right now, we're offering this booklet to our listeners absolutely free. So request your copy of Life in the Kingdom by mail or download it when you go to our website at theverdict.org. And if you're looking for ways to expand your influence for the gospel this new year, will you consider playing a part in this radio ministry? perhaps by making a one-time donation? With your financial gift of any amount, you'll be joining our efforts to bring the truth of God's Word into new communities across the globe. We've made it quick and easy to give through our website. Simply go to theverdict.org or call us at 
1-800-242-2231. And don't forget to subscribe to The Verdict Podcast, featuring John's weekly podcast exclusive called Avizandum. You'll find us on your podcast app listed as The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. Now, here's John. Well, what's your verdict? Can you truly say that you've repented and are now following Jesus in a continuous and personal relationship? Jesus is not just to be admired as a good man or a brilliant teacher. He is to be worshipped, loved, obeyed, and served with all of our hearts. Don't be a dabbler in the Christian faith. With God's help, resolve to be a committed and authentic follower of the Master. Next time, we will continue to learn what it means to follow King Jesus as one of his disciples. Join us then. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.